Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Anyone seen my rock climbing shoes? Putting the pale in pale ale since I was 21. <laughs> well, really more like 25. I, I didn't like these at first at all, but now I force myself to like them. <laughs> mm, what? Mango? Zelda game? A lot of white guys have skeletons in their closet. Not me. I just have a five-gallon drum of West Coast hazy fermenting. <laughs> it smells like tangerines and barf. My car harvest? Yeah, I do work outside. Yeah. You ever had to trek down a disc golf disc in the woods? I like my IPAs like I like my women on Tinder. Tall, sweet, and within 30 miles of my home. I love local breweries. You guys want the IPA with the octopus on it or the skeleton? You know the phrase, Jesse McCartney walked so Bieber could run? <laughs> well, Bud Lights walked so IPAs could cycle. Got a 100k bike this weekend. Pretty excited about it. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Wearing a We Are Local hat. Oh, it fits, JD. Thank you. There he is. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Comment, like, subscribe. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Send in your questions and comments to nodunks.theathletic.com. And hey, if you're looking for like a last minute Christmas gift, might I suggest. (laughs) Last minute. (laughs) First minute. Hey, man, Christmas (laughs) is three weeks away. Medium minute. Three and a half weeks away. Uh, But this is a good idea. Go get an athletic subscription for somebody. A sports nut in your life. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. We still believe that a Black Friday dollar a month deal is on. Three cents a day, people. Get in now. Three cents a day. Well done. That's great. It's the new pitch. For the best sports writing Break in the world. Hour next. And this podcast, uh, ad-free if you want that as well, if you get that athletic subscription. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Uh, we have a fun one today. We are going to go through every single Western Conference team and share our biggest surprise at the quarter mark of the NBA season. But before we get to that, had three games on last night. I want to chuck all of them at you, and you guys can talk about any of the ones you want to. Pretty entertaining games, really. We had Luka and the Mavs edging Curry and the Warriors in a West Finals replay. Do you like travels? Because this one had a whole lot of traveling violations. We had Norman Powell scoring 32 off the bench as the Clippers rallied past the Blazers, 118-112. And then birthday boy Julius Randle scored 36 as the Knicks took care of the Pistons, 140-110. to But I assume you want to talk a little bit about uh, entertaining, sort of weird game between the uh, Mavericks and Warriors there. Yeah, Mavs got a little revenge for the Western Conference Finals loss. Before we get to the travels that everybody wants to talk about, it's Luka Magic, obviously. He was a magician out there. It was Cool seeing him against different defenders like the Warriors throwing Jonathan Kuminga at him, who is the best type of guy I think you put on him. Luca calls Lou Dort one of the best uh, few defenders in the league because you just want a huge body to try and match 
the size and strength of Luka Doncic. And Kuminga kind of does that. It's just hard to find those dudes. So him, uh, Luka being able to just dissect, diagnose, do whatever he wants against, double team, split them, dance, and the beautiful scoop de loop pass to the corner uh, on for that went right by Clay Thompson. Uh, that was amazing. He was just phenomenal out there. So he dropped another 40 spot, another 40 point triple double. You know, these numbers, these stats come flying at us. But when I saw that it took him 283 games to get to his 20th 40 point game of his career, and it took Dirk 1522 games to get there. I thought that was pretty significant. <laughs> puts it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I know there's point inflation out there. Yep. But still, this is Dirk we're talking about. Dirk took him 18 seasons to get there. Luca, he's in season number five. So it was it was just magical out there. And uh, he did it. You know, the Warriors got contributions from the bench, which was weird, uh, <laughs> the way it balanced out. But Luca was the story last night. What would you think of that game, that first one on TNT? I saw today that Jared Weiss at the Daily Dean called it the game of the season so far. The last two minutes, I think you at least got uh, got a case to be made there because the shot making was awesome. Yeah. Seeing two of the top five MVP candidates going head to head, kind of trading shots, pretty cool. A lot of weird stuff happened in this game. All the travels. I mean, the Warriors got looks for Steph and Clay down three, a travel and a miss on those ones. But I was really impressed with the role players coming through in the clutch for the Mavericks. Tim Hardaway Jr. finally had a good game, had a massive three late in the fourth quarter of this one. And Josh Green had a wild take to the hoop uh, where he scored a layup. And that really kind of helped ice things uh, for the Mavs. So we've talked a lot about how great Doncic has been uh, throughout this season. Three 40-point triple-doubles already. I do think he will bypass Dirk uh, (laughs) eventually for career 40-point games, uh, probably by the next game. Uh, But... They've gotten good performances from Wood throughout the season. Spencer Dinwiddie has been up and down a little bit, but has had a solid season as well. The role guys, the actual role players on the Mavs, have not been very good so far this season. They showed up last night, so the Mavs got an incredible win. Yeah, Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting five threes, some timely buckets too, and Josh Green playing really well in his uh, 25-26 minutes. uh, He was scared. He was scared when Spencer Dinwiddie went out. He said, oh, I'm going to have to play point guard now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I've never haven't done that in a long time, but right. yeah, yeah. They, they need it's sometimes good for a team to get a young guy sort of thrust into a, a bigger role. So as Trey said, they just need those guys to play. Really, they have to play average basketball, yeah. and they can win because they've been losing these really close games. So they're back to five hundred. They could literally be number one in the West if they want some of those close games. If they got some of these performances from some of these role players. How insane was the Dinwiddie ejection there? A flagrant two foul call on driving to the net. I mean, the elbow comes up, it hits pool. They go and look at it. I'm thinking, I think most people are like, okay, they might get, they're going to give him a flagrant one. You know, it was the chicken winged up there. It caught him. He went down. Okay, well, we'll we'll just continue to play. But tossed for that, a flagrant two. Uh, And then in addition to all the maybe correct travel calls, it was just a, I, I just tweeted last night, it was a fun game, but it was just a weird game. Mm-hmm. With everything going on, what do you think? Dinwiddie call wrong. Travel calls. We gotta understand what a travel call is. They're right. We have to figure out what travel calls are. <laughs> what pivot feet? What it's, the that's, pivot that's foot the big is? Part. It's that switching of that pivot foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I start to think back to. Uh, do you remember when Kevin Garnett, Candace Parker, and Gary Payton jumped in? They had an argument about what the hell is a pivot foot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's changed. It it has changed. 
the pivot foot's supposed to be the last thing that leaves the ground, but now it just dances, and then you can move to your other foot and let, <laughs> let that one hang. So it is weird that it's happening now in November because it wasn't a mandate in October. Tom Haberstroh has broke down the numbers, or Buddy, uh, that they were, uh, you know, they were just pretty regular in the month of October, but now they're like four per game, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is like almost triple what it was in October. So it's weird that it wasn't at the beginning of the season because that's when the mandates come. But I think it does. It, it, it's good for the game eventually. You like it? Yeah, because the dancing at the three-point line with the you know the hardened shuffle, whatever you want to call it, it's become a little nuts. Uh, but anyway, traveling talk is boring, <laughs> and it's unfortunate. But I think it has to be done. It's just weird when it's coming out because they've got. Hey, at least they were consistent about it last night. Yeah, yeah. We'll just call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten times. Call, call it, and the just players will it. learn. The yeah. players will learn. Yeah. Uh, you have any thoughts uh, in addition to Tass there on the traveling or the Dinwiddie flagrant two? I feel yeah, terrible call yeah. on Dinwiddie. I thought I thought that was a kind of a textbook flagrant one, contact to the face, seemed incidental to me because I mean yeah he's trying to get him off him but like he's not aiming for his face just very weird the way his arm kind of traveled up I guess it was pool mm-hmm. right traveled up his chest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into his face maybe he's got a he's got a magnet. Pool's got, yeah. got a magnet in the face, uh, and he's got good reactions too. So he's yeah, sells. he'll sell it, and he he's got a, he's got good facial reactions yeah, just exactly. in general. Um, the curry travel, that's not a travel. Uh, I don't think so. You're talking about yeah, the I last one, I assume. The, yeah. yeah, the yeah. only one that really matters. Yeah. But uh, they called it a travel because they missed one for Tyler Hero, so it's it's in the minds of the official. I wouldn't be surprised if it's rescinded. I thought that was a big gather step he did. We've seen that so many times. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, that is you've seen that from Curry or a hundred other players a million times yep. over the last couple over the last ten seasons. So uh, yeah, if they suddenly change the ruling on that. Uh, we're going to see a hell of a lot of travel calls. Well, he got called for one earlier, yeah. very similar play, and then post-game he's like, they thought I did the same thing, but I didn't. Yeah. I trust them. Uh, as for the other games, uh, just some love to Norman Powell for 22 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, shot 7-9, of nine, hit both of his threes, got to the line, 6-8 of eight there. I read that no Clipper in the last 25 seasons has scored more points in a fourth quarter. Norman Powell has that now. Incredible stuff from him as they came back to sort of shock Portland there who looked like they had a comfortable lead. And then the birthday boy. I love a guy scoring on his birthday. Randall, 14 and 24 from the field, seven boards, five assists, put beef stew on a poster. He was not happy about it. Came a little shove after. But I think for the Knicks, I mean, it was against the Pistons with no Cade and no Ivy. I get that. But they did have Randall, RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson all playing well, sort of, on the same night because they've struggled with that. It's either one guy's having a big performance, the other two are stinging it up, maybe two guys, the third guy's nowhere to be seen, but all three were decent. And Mitchell Robinson stayed out of foul trouble, stayed on the floor. He's very vital to them, and he grabbed 13 rebounds. So they're happy with those guys contributing. Grimes playing well, quickly off the bench with 15. Uh, everybody played all right there, uh, celebrating Julius Randle's birthday. Wouldn't you love to have a big performance on your birthday? <laughs> yeah. Do you think about that with the podcast? I guess we're uh, we're August birthdays, so... Uh, yeah. We, you know, we're not doing a, a live podcast generally in the off season. Oh, I blasted a home run on a baseball podcast on my birthday this summer. Oh, there you go. I don't remember what it was, but... <laughs> it was your best. It was a no-doubter. I think it was a solo pod forcing JD to talk about baseball. But uh, just like Norman Powell going solo in the fourth quarter, that's a a good win for the Clippers. Yeah, We'll talk about the Clippers as uh, the the surprise that they are, Yeah, considering all the injuries that they had going into last night. Before we get to that, uh, I had an update with Carl Anthony Towns. He's expected to miss several weeks, likely four to six weeks, 
with that right calf strain he suffered on Monday night. But the good news, Trey, is that he avoided a more serious injury like a, a ruptured Achilles. But four to six weeks here, I mean. That's a chunk Minnesota's of time. Figure it out, yeah. A month and a half if he misses of trying to actually figure out how you're going to play together. We've seen a lot of clips going around of Gobert and Towns just like in the lane, kind of shoveling the ball back and forth to each other. A lot of congestion there. So my guess is that the Timberwolves offense is going to instantly improve just because there's one less big guy out there. Anthony Edwards is going to go crazy. He's been looking forward to playing with only one big guy out there. Unfortunately for Rudy Gobert, it means he probably won't touch the ball for the next month and a half. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, the good thing is that Towns isn't you know, seriously hurt where he's going to have to recover from an Achilles injury. But this is bad for the Timberwolves still. Even if it's only a month and a half, they need every single game they can play together to figure out how they fit together. Yes, because it's such an odd combination of bigs for sure. I think it's slow-mo time, though. Kyle Anderson's going to play a lot uh, at the four to stretch it out. Nas Reed has been so good. I think Chris Finch probably be tempted to play Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert together, but uh, that would continue to clog things up so I think uh, Kyle Anderson who was a a smart signing for them uh, I I think he's come along slowly he was injured to start the season it's going to be key here but uh, it does suck for them just in general not playing together that that hurts Uh, I think Torian Prince is out right now for a couple weeks I think he has a shoulder injury maybe when he comes back and is healthy they could put him into the starting lineup as well just to add some shooting because Kyle Anderson doesn't give you that. Like he's actually he's not gonna bad. Try. He's going to try three point percentage wise, but he doesn't take a lot of them. Mm. So you know you got him and Rudy there. It could, that could be an issue. But I think you're right. They'll probably go with him. Nasri continuing to come off the bench, but maybe Prince comes back and he slotted in there just to give them a threat of a three point shooter. Uh, all right, let's get into it here. The uh, the main bulk of this podcast is biggest surprise for each Western Conference team on tomorrow's show. We'll do the Eastern Conference teams, but uh, we are a quarter or so into the NBA season, so. Surprise could be good, it could be bad, it could be ugly. And it could be about a player. It could be about a coach. It could be a trend that you've noticed with this team. Uh, go wherever you want with your biggest surprise. We'll start in the Pacific Division. Oh, I divisions, love, yeah, I love divisions. You know it. Great way to break it up. Five here, five here, five here. Oh, I love that. Uh, Phoenix Suns, Tass, in the Pacific Division. What's the biggest surprise to you at the quarter mark of the NBA season? Uh, the Suns in the old Pacific Division. I guess it shouldn't be surprising that the Suns are the same old Suns. I just thought something was fishy after the way they went out, the way they got destroyed by Dallas. The DeAndre Ayton signing a, a contract with the Indiana Pacers. But nope, same old. Uh, Devin Booker going to be all NBA. DeAndre Ayton signed that offer sheet with the Pacers. It's come back basically the same guy with the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul missing games. Ha, 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 that's the same old just kidding. I'm an a-hole. But I guess I guess that is one interesting thing with the Phoenix Suns because they are the number one seed in the Western Conference. Chris Paul, when he has been playing, he's played half the games, doesn't look like the old Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. His age finally catching up to uh, 37-year-old Chris Paul because he's at 9.5 points per game. 37 and 27 is percentages. Just seven and a half shots per game, which is really weird for Chris Paul. So is that an issue when he does come back, or will he just find his groove again? Uh, because campaign has been very good replacing him. He's been really solid. So the team doesn't look like it has any problems. I keep harping that they don't get to the free throw line enough. They are amongst the bottom teams that doesn't get to the line. You know, The Golden State Warriors are the absolute worst at that. They have the jump shooters to make it happen. Do the Suns? I tend to think they've got to find some extra buckets. But who? But really, when it looks when you look at the numbers, uh, 
they're a great offense, and so they haven't missed Jay Crowder, uh, and they haven't missed Cam Johnson being out, which is kind of crazy. They're the number one seed in the West because they got Fillins and Torrey Craig, Damian Lee, Jock Landale plays minutes. Uh, but Monty Williams, I guess, is the he is the rock that keeps this whole thing together as the head coach, keeps things running, and they are the same team. So 14-6, 20 games through the season. That would be all you really ask for. Uh, they are right on pace to be, uh, you know, another fifty-five to sixty win team. Yeah, amazing. I, I remember you doubting them quite a bit in the preseason. You thought yeah. the uh, the hangover of that brutal loss last year with the Aiton, with the Crowder holdout and all that could have an effect on yeah, them. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's just it's all it's all vibes. And can you really feel the vibes? I I just thought losing again. That's unprecedented to lose by fifty at home. The DeAndre Ayton thing, where he said, "Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here." Uh, so that wasn't selling me, uh, but obviously their play is amazing. And I thought the Western Conference teams would be better. So I thought there was a chance when we made our bold predictions that the Suns would drop down the standings. Right, right. But they have not been. Yeah. There, are, there's a lot of mediocrity as we get to these teams, and there's a chance that. A lot of these good teams could pass the Suns at some point because at 14 and 655, that's very, very good. But there's a chance for a team to to grab the West if they want. Absolutely. All right, let's keep it going, Trey. You got the Clippers. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise for the Clippers to me is how little Kawhi Leonard has played. It's honestly shocking. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the guy's coming back from injury. He missed like 500 days, just like Ben Simmons. What a number. 500 days of summer. Uh, we knew he was going to be in and out of the lineup, for sure. Yeah. You know, like, Kawhi's been a load-managing kind of guy since the Zaza injury uh, with the Spurs way back when. He played, what, 65 games for the Raptors uh, when they won the championship. That seemed about right. He's played 112 minutes so far. He's played in five games so far for the Clippers. You yeah. would think that after taking a year and a half off, he would be back more regularly than this. Yeah. This is pretty surprising that he's been in – Basically as a role player. Like, I mean, when he's playing, he's hardly playing his usual allotment of minutes. It's been weird the way they would bring him in halfway through the second quarter. It's just been a very strange experience for Kawhi since he's been to the Clippers, no doubt about it. But this season, it is shocking to me that it's less of a story that he's playing so rarely. Like, this guy has barely been on the court for the Clippers since he got there. Understandable last year, he was out, but you would think having that much time off, he's going to be raring to go, and that has not been the case. Clippers have still done a good job. They play defense. We saw last night they can get hot and score a whole bunch of baskets. It helps if Anthony Simons is trying to guard you, but the Clippers ain't winning a title if Kawhi Leonard is not Kawhi Leonard, and he has not looked anything like it because we haven't seen him play. Yeah, and he's already going to miss the next game. It's it's so strange with them how they say, yeah, he's going to miss the next two games just to – manage and it's it's like how 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 is he going to come back is he ever going to come back because you can look at him and say yeah he's coming along slowly in those five of what's going to be now 23 games uh, that the Clippers play but you can also look at him and say he looks big and kind of slow out there right. at, at times too I mean, theory he should be out of shape yeah he's not playing yeah I mean yeah. he's got the touch yeah that's obvious he'll always have the touch but will he be uh the guy to carry a team in right. the playoffs it's it's impossible to know. It's a good one. You would have guessed that he would have played more at this point, a uh, quarter into the season. Even being Kawhi, <laughs> I think you would have been, yeah, he's probably played uh, half the games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like if he played 10 games, I'd be like, okay, yeah. fair enough, you're yeah. resting every other game. Yeah. That's kind of to be expected. To play in a quarter of the games and yeah. then to play barely any minutes in those games, 
Very, very strange. Yeah. So he just dictates I don't feel good because there's no injury, right? There is not an injury because he's... Well, they're saying it's his ankle, right? Right oh. now? Oh, okay. I think. I mean, it's tough to keep track with him. <laughs> I'll, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's how they have him listed. Yeah, ankle for at least uh, yesterday's game. So that's what's lingering mm, right now. Now the Okay, well. Yeah. All right, I guess that's a... <laughs> Good sign that it's not the, 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 the surgically repaired ACL. But uh, they're 13-9, to which is obviously better than you'd think they'd be, to me. Oh, my God. Uh, two yeah. games yeah. back yeah, yeah. of number one seed in the Western Conference. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with Paul George not playing in every single game either. And then you said they're, like, one of the best defenses in the league. Like, kudos to Ty Lue and, and the guys playing out there. That's pretty impressive. I, I would not have had them at 13-9 and if you had told me Kawhi was going to play 100 minutes a quarter of the way through the season. So, yeah, uh, you know, I guess w- continue to slow play it, I guess, is the, is sort of the counter to this. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're, you know, falling behind and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to be a playing team. Yeah, they're, they're still picking up wins. Pretty wild. You got hot normie uh, with Norman Powell <laughs> <Normie>. playing. <laughs> a hot normie. I was just thinking of a hot Bobby sandwich. That's why I said uh, a hot wow. normie. You're hungry. Well, Thanksgiving just passed. <laughs> yeah. You remember the hot Bobby? I made my own hot Bobby with leftovers. Stack it up, baby. Explain Damn. that for someone that doesn't Damn. know what a hot Bobby is. What is it? A hot Bobby. Uh, it's a Thanksgiving-themed sandwich from Capriati's in Las <laughs> Vegas. You got a turkey. You got some stuffing. I'm, I'm, you're throwing some cranberry. There's cranberry. Yeah. Sure. I don't know what other accoutrements, but those are the three building blocks. Yeah. It's a Thanksgiving of a hot sandwich. Bobby. It's for a sure. Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. I believe Matt Bonner loves a, a hot Bobby. Does he? I think he was. Uh, didn't he order something no, he similar, did. JD, when he was on Is This Good with Matty O? It was. Yeah. Did he call it the Gobbler? Or it was the Gobbler. Like it was the yeah. Gobbler. Yeah. Oh. Um, Which has to be like similar. A yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. The stuffing. He said there was stuffing, turkey, and maybe <laughs> yeah. gravy on there. Probably cranberry. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And he got it delivered mid-show. Got, yeah. Classic Bonner. Perfectly on brand, Matt Bonner. Guy <laughs> orders a sandwich in the middle of his show. You gotta love it. He's hungry, man. Like oh yeah, I love it. Six ten, isn't he? He's yeah. huge. We did He's a whole an segment at the Horseshoe Tavern with Matt Bonner making a sandwich. Do right, you that? right, right, right. Yeah. Lost on that. the internet. Oh, it's yeah, we don't have the, the we don't internet. have the footage. Nah, we got nothing. I can't find anything. Oh geez, somebody's cute. looking for the Christmas Carol, the Christmas album we did, and it's gone. Nah, we? that exists. That somewhere. used to be up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. We gotta find it. We oh, gotta okay. we'll post that as a classic. Okay, okay All right. let's keep it going here. Uh, we're still in the Pacific Division. Uh, I got the Sacramento Kings. Biggest surprise about the Sacramento Kings to me is that Monty McNair, he might get some warranted Executive of the Year votes. Look at the moves this guy did. He brought in head coach Mike Brown. <laughs> Who's been great. I mean, he installed a cowbell in the practice gym, and he installed a beam on top of the Golden One Center roof. Wait, Mike Brown Mike did that? Mike Brown did that. Yes, I'm, I'm convinced he did. I got an idea, guys. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Uh, you know, McNair, they drafted Keegan Murray at the number four pick. Now, look, he's been he's been injured. He had illnesses. He's got a back issue. He's been okay. He's, he's been, been okay. He's been solid. Uh, but, you know, you see the promise there at the number four pick. But the big things were that McNair did, uh, the two moves were – Trading Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, how could you be Mo Harkless, and a future draft pick for Kevin Herter, who's been unbelievable for the Sacramento Kings starting for them. And they signed Malik Monk to a two-year, $19 million deal. That guy doesn't turn 25 until February. That almost blew my mind when I was looking at that. Feels like he's been in the league so much longer. But those two guys, Red Velvet and Monk, combined are giving you 30 points per game eight assists, five and a half rebounds, and five made threes per game because they're both lights-out shooters, or they let it fly at least. Herter, obviously, very efficient from three. Monk, you know, less so, but lets it fly. It can get hot. 
just credible moves that, you know, some of us were high on during the offseason, but I think it went overlooked for the most part. There were other big trades, Murray and Gobert and Mitchell and all that. These have been really solid additions, adding some shooting to Sabonis and Fox as your guys. Now, the defense hasn't come around. It's 25th in the league. Uh, man, you'd love to see that just get up to average with this really lights-out offense, but they've been a surprise team. I know they're on a losing streak. They've had a weird year, right? They just lost a bunch of games to start, then they sort of flip-flopped for a bit, then they had the huge winning streak, and now they're on a bit of a slide, playing some good teams. But uh, nice moves there from Monty McNair, <laughs> who name. I good still name. think Great is name. a quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Oh, RIP to Steve yeah, McNair. Very Jeez. Sad story, Jeez, actually. That's yeah. very sad. Um, but, yeah, good stuff there from the Kings. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, the signings have worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, the Herder getting uh, a more prominent role than he had here with Atlanta. You're the starting shooting guard. We're not messing with that. You're the starting shooting guard. Has worked out uh, ridiculously well. Love that for Kevin Herter. And uh, Malik Monk, Roland. Yeah. Uh, I think those two are, are really, really key to their success. And it's still success, even if they have a little losing streak. That's oh, fine. absolutely. That's They're fine. sixth right now in the Western Conference. Yeah, the You're Brown. extremely happy with The this. Brown beam. Can you, uh, Mike the brown bean. This know, sounds like gross. something that happens after a hot Bobby sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they like when they lose. <laughs> yeah, fire the brownie. Yeah, that didn't go. That didn't, that, that's what happened in the brainstorming session. Mike Brown's like, we'll call it the brown bean. And so Everybody's it's like, like no, oh. no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Can we make it purple, Mike? <laughs> that's a better idea. All right, let's keep it going. Golden State Warriors, back to you, Trey. What's the biggest surprise? Uh, biggest surprise to me, zero Andrew Wiggins buzz. Hmm. <laughs> he's been awesome. On deaf ears. Yeah, he's been well, awesome. He hasn't been awesome. He's been awesome. No, he hasn't. He's been better than last See, year. This is the problem here. This is crazy. He's been better than last year. Wiggins is probably having it the best season of his career at this point. He's having uh, equivalent to his best scoring season, at least, with the Warriors. And he's sure. shooting 43% from three. But here's everything you talk about with the Warriors. Steph Curry is one of the best players in the league. And then their bench not coming through and their young guys not coming through. Maybe a little bit of Draymond Green punching people in the face. Clay Thompson struggling. Everything else on the Warriors is a story. But Wiggins has been playing really, really well. He said after the finals last year, he's like, I'll never have a season where I average four rebounds again. He's averaging five rebounds a game right now. A career high. <laughs> a career high in steals as well. A career high in blocks as well. And like I said, 43% from three. He's now under 50% from the field after last night, but still 49.7. Close <laughs> enough. The guy could be knocking on the door of a 50-40-90 if he could make a free throw. He's 69%. Nice, but not at the free throw mm, line. Right. So I'm a little surprised. Wiggins, you know, started the All-Star game last year. A yep. bit of a, a bit of a miraculous happening there. Won a championship, completely changed the narrative around him, and now he's out there just being a good basketball player. So just letting him be. Yeah, I think it was fitting that you said Andrew Wiggins having a good year. Crits. Dead silence. Crits. Yeah, because that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But you make a good point about the All Star appearance. I thought, yeah, just a perfect storm last year for him to make it because Clay Thompson was out, especially the second. Golden State Warrior went to Andrew Wiggins. I would love if they were up in the standings and people were thinking about giving them a second All-Star. Who would it be? Could be Wiggins. It'd probably not Clay. It'd probably go to Wiggins, but yeah. it'd probably go to another player in the National Basketball Association, most likely, and the Western Conference first. Yeah. But he is having a better year. He is. Still wild that they have this brutal road record uh, with another one last night losing in Dallas. Where they won two. Two and, 11, two and nine, or, or yeah, something like two that. Two of eleven, yeah. Yeah, nuts. Uh, but there's still a 500 team. There's a two bunch of 500 teams. Two and ten on the road. Yeah. 
Golden State Warriors, the defending Golden champs, mm-hmm. with with Curry playing the way he's played all season long. That's just weird. Uh, but okay, a little love for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, don't think he's going to be making the All Star team this year. Starting not if they're five hundred. No. no, no, probably not. Uh, all right, Tass, finish off the uh, Pacific. Everybody's favorite team. Yours, the Los for Angeles sure. Lakers. Well, listen, yeah, I'm just, I was, I was, past tense, trying to find a way for them to be palatable on television, on the screen, because they have 30-odd national TV games, whatever it is. We're kind of forced to watch them in a way. So I wanted them to be a little bit better. But they have, I think it's, I think the ship has sailed. Uh, but there are, there are a lot of surprising things about them. Russell Westbrook going to the bench for the first time in his now 15-year career and being cool with it. Wow. No <laughs> one expected it. Yeah, it is surprising. It's, it's like we expect him to be more AI than mellow in the end, but he's doing it. Yep. Uh, AD, knowing the Lakers don't have a center and just playing the five the entire season, that's a little surprising. Moving there full-time, it's a little bit surprising. That's what he should be doing. AD being fairly healthy, but this team still being five games under 500, that's also a little surprising to me. I thought, and I was wrong, uh, that AD would carry the team a little bit more. That hasn't happened. But there's some non-surprising things, like LeBron missing about a quarter of the games, which he's done in three of the last four seasons. Patrick Beverly being suspended, that's not surprising. (laughs) Uh, But I I guess the most surprising thing to me is that Rob Palenka has not burned the draft picks and tried to make a trade and tried to to make a deal and maybe he's being smart because this team is not going anywhere even in the western conference where you can jump up the standings i don't see it happening the schedule is going to get really tough in december and the western conference even if you can and it, it, you can sort of squint and say hey we can do this like anthony davis said a couple of years ago after they lost to the phoenix suns i was injured and we whatever like you can you can make excuses or you can kind of reason with yourself but the quality of the western conference is too much for the lakers there just aren't enough bad teams for them to beat they are two and 11 against plus 500 teams and five and one against sub 500 Mm. teams and there's just too many good teams i I think so they don't have enough they do not have enough and uh do you not think it's like gm malpractice though to not make a make a move with lebron at this point in his career and you still have AD, like you have two of the better players in the league. But they're so positions. far back. I just don't know if the guys that they're going to get are going to help enough. Okay. Maybe yeah. maybe they're a playing team if you go get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner or you go get Jakob Pertle and Josh Richardson, but they're just not going to get enough. So I think he's being smart. When it, We've had a quarter of the season here. AD has been extremely healthy, which may not happen the rest of the season. Westbrook is playing as best as he can. I don't think they have enough. Maybe the malpractice is the last few years right, with with right. the supporting cast after the championship. Yeah. Because it's just been eroding since then. Any thoughts on L.A.? I think eroding is exactly the right word. They broke up a championship team, and that was the exact kind of team you needed around LeBron. It was guys who played defense and shoot threes, and they started going for playmakers after that. It didn't make any sense, and somehow Rob Palinka got even more job security out of it. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I don't know. Lakers will do all right, though, if they can find a way to play the Spurs every single game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Good job by them winning four out of five against the Laker, or against the Spurs and the Pistons. Because if they lost those ones, I mean, the se- I think the season is over for yeah. the Lakers already. But if you lose against the worst teams, it's really over, over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll just add here, AD and LeBron, both probable for tonight's game. 
here on Wednesday night. <laughs> see if they're even playing. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to the other two divisions in the Western Conference and share our biggest surprises for each team. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back in the Classic Factory. Biggest surprise for each team in the Western Conference at the quarter mark of the NBA season. We are making our way to the Northwest Division. Mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets, surprising a lot of people. Trey, but what's your big surprise? Biggest surprise for me, you're going to love this one, Skeets. Nikola Jokic is leading the basketball reference MVP tracker. <laughs> Whoa! This guy's got a 30% chance of winning his third straight MVP. <laughs> he is 56th in the league right now in field goal attempts per game. He's averaging 23 points per game. He's obviously dishing and boarding as well. Almost nine assists, almost 10 rebounds. So he is almost at a triple-double. But it doesn't feel like we're seeing a Jokic MVP season. But he is dominating, uh, according to basketball reference. A big chunk of it, surely, is past performance uh, and also team performance. The Nuggets have been winning a lot of games, so that's probably why he is ahead of Luka Doncic. But, like, Luka is averaging a lot more points, basically the same stats. Uh, Counting-wise, percentages aren't there uh, like Jokic's are, but that's just strange to me because I've watched a lot of Nuggets games. They look good. They don't look great. Jokic looks fairly the same, except for he doesn't want to shoot as much this year, but he's still having a similar impact that we've seen in the past couple of seasons. So that's just weird to me to see him at the top of the MVP tracker. Cause I feel like right now when you're talking about who's at the table, you're almost throwing Jokic a bone, right? You're like, he's been really good this year. Maybe he's fourth or fifth on the ballot at this point, but according to basketball reference, number one. Yeah. I was going to say, if you pulled most NBA fans, casual fans, diehard fans, I think they would have Jokic fourth or fifth, right? Behind a Luka, a Giannis, a Tatum, a Curry. Maybe even a Curry. Yeah. yeah. And then, then, and then he's probably there with your, your bookers and such, but yeah, that is wild. Um, but then again, the man, (laughs) 64.5% effective field goal percentage. Yeah, this yeah. Guy, like, this is the thing. He's like, I don't need to shoot. He always makes it when he impact. shoots it. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> uh, but wild stuff. I don't know if there's a comparison in NBA history for a guy who's won two MVPs and then shot so much less. <laughs> Just all of a sudden really changed his game. Like four shots per game, fewer than last season. As you said, in the 50s, what, 56 field goal attempts Overall, uh, that's uh, he shoots that's less odd. than Gary Trent Jr. does. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Gary 13. Trent Jr. likes to get him up. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. But still, it's good. Good name pull though. Thirteen yeah. and a half shots per game. It's weird. I was gonna say. Is, I mean, we're we're not venturing into the Steve Nash category in, in terms of how f- little he shoots as an MVP, but man, 
that number has just dropped off. So yeah, I think it's hard for people to say his numbers have dropped off so drastically in terms of just just raw points. Uh, otherwise, he's great. Yeah, of uh, course. For, for people to say, oh yeah, he's MVP. But you know, right now, snapshot, they're second in the Western Conference while they finished sixth last year. And you know, I was going to say, could he win third a third in a row? What would have to happen? I think it's unlikely, but what would have to happen? They'd have to be the number one team in the league. Uh, and he's got he, it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, it has to point, be a part I mean, of it's, it. it's, You have to think that they would have to have not just the best record in the Western Conference because Tatum has been so good yeah. for a Celtics team that has the best record in the league, followed by Giannis, so good for a Bucks team who is the second best team in the league. So if the Nuggets can, I don't know, win 15 straight games and somehow jump yeah. those teams in the standings, maybe there. How about comparison-wise, mm. LeBron in his second MVP season with the Miami Heat when – it just became, I'm only taking the most efficient shots possible. Like, remember him and Wade, like, just stop taking threes during that yeah. season because they're like, we can get a great shot anytime we want to. He started shooting less and became more and more efficient. Jokic is doing the same, I guess. That's good. That's good. And that was his final MVP that he's gotten to this point, uh, unfortunately for LeBron. That's pretty good uh, to drop the shots. I wonder if it, it can't be that and it's not going to be the biggest, the same jump like, off, yeah, drop off. I don't not think. drop off and just LeBron ain't just shooting twelve times a game. But yeah, he became ridiculously efficient. Yeah, let's go to the Portland Trailblazers. I got this one. The biggest surprise to me is that Jeremy Grant has maybe turned into the Blazers' best player. Hell, this guy might be the new Wiggins. This guy might be an all-star this year, taking that small forward spot. But if availability is the best ability, you've heard our guy Gulliver say that. Then yeah, Grant has a case because Lillard is their best player, but he's missed half their games. Um, I believe they're like four and six now after that devastating loss last night to the Clippers uh, with Lillard not in the lineup. So you know they're treading water, but it's down to Anthony Simons who was <laughs> hit nine threes last night, and then Jeremy Grant to carry the offensive load without Lillard. And Grant is just having a remarkable year. You talk about efficiency. He shoot. He's scoring twenty one and a half points per game. He's shooting. You know, I had these stats going into last night. I think they maybe even ticked up after his game. 47.5% from the field and a blistering 48% from three. Jeremy Grant is shooting on nearly six attempts per game. He gets to the free throw line with the same frequency as he gets up uh, three-point attempts. He plays solid defense. He leads the team in win shares. I, again, without Lillard there on the court and Simons, yeah, look, he's taking a step. Uh, and, man, that guy is that guy's mad streaky from three. That's unbelievable when he catches fire. I just think consistently, Jeremy Grant has been a bit of a rock, and I know we've talked about him a couple times this season, especially when the Blazers had their little win streak going there. So yeah, he might have, a, he might make a case for an All Star selection as sort of like uh, one of the last picks for an All Star. I'm buying team. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm buying it. Team number four for him. It's just unexpected for him to be this solid. Maybe uh, Damian Lillard can get some Executive of the Year votes, like Monte <laughs> McNair, because yeah, he's been sure, dying sure. for Jeremy to come join him and. People thought he was overpaid when he went to the Detroit Pistons. It wasn't the proper role for him, but to be this ridiculously solid, good, I don't like the best ability is availability thing. You don't like that? No. What about, Why not? You're what about being here? an incredible basketball player? Yeah, for me, but I'm not incredible. But if you're like, a, I'm just, Kawhi, I'm just Kawhi Leonard is an incredible basketball player, he never plays. Oh, availability. Yeah, but the best ability the best ability is for him to carry a team to a championship. <laughs> I think I think being a good basketball player is the best ability. No, I think it I has think. to come into the equation here. I think in you have to be the equation, but yes. not the best. Oh, okay, okay. I think Michael Jordan, if he missed ten games, he'd still be the best. He never missed games. 
That's why he's the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> took Boom. A took a couple of years off. <laughs> he did play some baseball. <laughs> did, how many baseball games did he miss? Uh, uh, probably never. Probably, probably didn't miss a one, except for, you know, the 20 years he was playing professional basketball instead. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> miss true. a golf game, that's for sure. That's right. Ever. Car- card games? Never yeah. missed one? <laughs> That guy just never missed anything when he was a villain. Uh, but yeah, Grant, showing some love to him. And look, the Blazers, like, what a weird season they've had. Like, how would you grade it so far? They're 11 and 10. Like I said, Lillard's missed half the time. Good? A B? Like, they haven't blown you away, but I think a lot of people, when we were coming into the season, people thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're exceeding expectations. It's high, it's high, high grade. High grade. I'd go A minus. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's similar to the next team that we're getting to, I think. Okay, let's go to the Utah Jazz. Tess, woo. They've overachieved, for sure. They were number, but even even more so, I think, than the Blazers because their win total was projected even yeah. lower. And, yeah, they're sitting fine now. They were the number one team for a long time. But, yeah, they, they've dropped in the standings. Of course, that's they're 12 and 11. Exact situation that the Blazers are in, and exactly the same sort of situation is where they've got a guy who's ridiculously solid, like Jeremy Grant and Lowry Markinen, uh, who could make an All Star team yep. and was looked at as a throw in in the Donovan Mitchell trade this past summer. He, it was Colin Sexton, Abaji, and Lowry Markin, and now he could be a most improved candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. He's there. The Jazz have played twenty three games. He's played in all of them. The best ability is availability, I've heard. I'm buying it. And he's playing a career high, 34 minutes per game. He's stayed ridiculously solid. He got a great cackle out of Trey Kirby yesterday because <laughs> um, because he's a guy who's, yeah, his his uh, temperament and effort level has been questioned before, half to half, as we, as we talked about yesterday. But he's a rock. He is a rock. And you don't think of that with Lowry Markin and career highs, 22 points per game. And career highs and field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, free throws, assists, blocks. He looks like a different dude, taking a lot of shots from around the post, uh, which is nice. That post area, a quarter of his shots come from the, the post area, that range, shooting 77% at the rim. He's cash from the mid-range. That doesn't sound like Lowry marketing, but he's just versatile. Looks like the dude who people thought would come from that number seven pick way back when. He's 25 years old, and I think, and I think, this is him. This ain't Andrea Bargnani who's going to fade. I think this is him. I think we're getting Larry Markkinen at that 20-point-per-game type of guy, complimentary player, not a number one player, yeah. for the rest of his career. I think he can, he, can, he can do it. I believe in it. The biggest surprise about the Jazz happened on yesterday's podcast when you said, no, you said, got to have Conley healthy. Oh, the I threw a caveat. Be healthy. I threw you a thought caveat. the Utah Jazz would finish the season above 500. I am... I'm shocked by that statement because I, I don't believe it. You don't believe it. No. I, I think, yeah, they, they have a very slim margin of error. They need all their dudes to be playing. But I think Conley is key. If they have all their dudes, all their duties, uh, that is the most important <laughs> part. They need every single one of them. They have to have good availability. And I think that – and obviously they can't have Danny Ainge blow it up. Well, but. I know. That's the fascinating part. What happens in the next – especially once we hit December 15th when a bunch of other guys can be traded or added to packages – what will Danny Ainge do with this team? Trade him. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, not marketing. Marketing no, seems no, like no. he's going to be sticking around, but like a Conley, Malik Beasley, perhaps. Uh, Clarkson, uh, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Clarkson seems to be kind of uh, an important piece for the Jazz, but if if the price is right, I'm sure that Danny Ainge would be interested in some draft picks. But it's impressive what Markkinen's done. I thought he would have a long NBA career. 
of just standing on the outside and shooting threes. He's a good three-point shooter. The percentages have finally come around. He's back at his career average, basically 38%. But for the first four seasons of his career, he just stood on the outside and waited for somebody to pass him the ball and shoot an open three. Now he's moving around the court. He's scoring inside. He's scoring in the mid-range, like you're saying, Tass. It's been impressive, and shout-out to Will Hardy for basically, like, watching Finland game tapes and being like, oh, this guy can do stuff? <laughs> Let's let him do stuff. Right, right. Also surprising, I really like the Jazz's uh, coaches' sweaters that are just a plain black sweater with a tiny purple jazz <laughs> note. They're nice. Yeah. <laughs> they're the, nice. The yeah. nicest uh, zip-ups or whatever that, sweaters. It is, it is a, a straight-up crew neck, yeah. just a yeah. plain black crew neck with a tiny little purple jazz note on it. It looks nice. It just looks classy. Clean. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think a, a regular crew neck would be classy enough for coaches. After it, it last year. It usually isn't. We saw Mark Dagnall in it, right? Yeah. That was uh, the sloppiest look. <laughs> but this one, I think I think it's just the, col- the, the color combos keeping it nice and sedate. Black and purple. Smooth. Yeah. They look good. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. They've jazzed it up. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Biggest surprise about the Wolves is how wrong I was, and maybe we were, about Gobert propping up a defense still at this point in his career. We just thought, you throw Rudy Gobert on this team, mm-hmm. like they'll, they'll be top 10 defense, maybe top 5. Like That's sort of what he's done for the most part uh, with the Utah Jazz. And instead, the Wolves uh, rank 19th in defensive rating, 15th in opponent's effective field goal percentage, and 17th in opponent's turnover percentage. It's, it just hasn't been incredible, hasn't been inspiring. Kevin Pelton shared the most jarring statistic I saw yesterday. When Gobert plays with any other power forward on the Minnesota roster, the team's defensive rebound percentage is 72.5%, which is a rate that ranks almost dead last in the NBA. That's Gobert out there as the center with whatever other power forward you want to put out from Minnesota. And what's shocking about that, and Pelton made point of this, is when he was with Utah, like just even last year, they're like the best, the fourth best defensive rebounding team. Percentage-wise, when Gobert's out there, like that's that's like what he does. He just cleans up the glass. So it's just weird and it's disappointing. Of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves this year defensively, sort of the vibes. Now the Wolves uh, cat injury. Anthony Edwards sort of a little stagnant in terms of his growth. We thought he might like sort of pop off here. D'Angelo Russell's still there. He has one great game and then he has a couple stinkers. So it's bad. And I thought again, I think we sort of thought, oh, the Wolves, they're gonna win a ton of regular season games. And then it'll be a question come playoff time. And maybe the opposite is happening here. They're just going to be sort of like a, an abysmal regular season team for whatever reason. And maybe if they sneak into the playoffs, they'll surprise people. That's what they're hoping for. But we were shocked about this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like the Timberwolves fought along the same lines as everybody so. else. They're like, hey, we got Rudy Gobert. Defense and rebounding solved. Yeah. They're worse on defense this year than they were last year, which doesn't make any sort of sense. But when you think about it logically... Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter trying to chase guys. Yeah. That's a problem. Anthony Edwards doesn't give a full effort defensively. Russell is good at like getting in passing lanes and telling people to get in passing lanes, but not a lockdown defender. They miss some of their energy guys, no doubt. And they miss the grittiness that Patrick Beverly gave him. He was celebrating like crazy after that play in game. He's a key. He was a key to them last year. Just yelling at people. I think um, <laughs> Gobert yelling at him doesn't seem to have the same impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Final team in the Northwest. I believe you have it. Oklahoma City Thunder. Ah, the Thunder. The biggest surprise is Shea Gilgis-Alexander's jump. <coughs> Who saw this coming? 
even a Shea lover like you, <laughs> yeah, couldn't, yeah. you couldn't have seen no, this no. coming. The guy has jumped up, and uh, he's different. He's different than your typical NBA guard. I know everyone's saying, call, calling him him. He called himself Himmy Carter when he hit that big shot in Washington. But I want to go back a couple years ago to a little slightly older slang than him. He's different. He's built <laughs> different. Uh, because in a league where guards are shooting more threes, he is shooting fewer of them. He's taking 18 twos a game and just three threes a game. And he used to shoot more threes, uh, but 85% of his shots are now twos. Uh, this is the fewest number of threes he's taken since his rookie year. It was increasing year to year to year. He's taken more and more. It got up to like five per game last year, and that's dropped off significantly. He's leading the league in two points attempted per game for a guard. Actually, only Giannis takes more twos per game wow. than Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's like um, it's not quite like John Morant leading the league in points in the paint crazy, uh, but his shot profile is really, really weird for a guard. 18 twos per game. He's also <laughs> leading the league in total free throws attempted uh, because he's getting to the line and he's playing a lot. 31 points per game from 24 points per game. He's just gotten more efficient. The numbers are just the efficiency is really good. He's just gotten better, and that's why he could be probably the most improved player. I, I think Larry Markins in the conversation. There's lots, of, but but he he's, he fits the John Morant prototype of yeah. going, you know, good to to star at this point. Like Charles Barkley judge. thinks he should start the All Star game. He was going crazy last night. He's saying we got to take away the fan vote if SGA is not named a starter for the All Star team. A starter. I mean, okay, even even myself will say, well, pump the brakes a little bit, Chuck. He should Whoa. make the all-star team. I don't know about starting over Luca and Steph. <laughs> I think that's a, a little that's extreme. A yeah. yeah. Or but, Ja or Devin. Well, There's right, lots of good right. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. So. Let's just start with making the all-star team. But yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander did not see this coming. I just didn't. Didn't. That's it's it's a shocking. I, I know we've talked about him and we've talked about him in the MVP conversation. Uh, but the fact that the Thunder are now sort of coming back to earth as far as their record goes, uh, they're 8-13. and 13. Still, uh, Shea is just – he's carrying the team. And, yeah. And he really is. They've got supporting players, but he can get into the paint anytime. And he's he's ridiculously efficient at it. And I just hope he stays healthy because I saw him limping around the other night. Didn't like that. He's questionable tonight. Yeah. Good. Spurs. Let him sit. Let him sit a game. And not you know, not sit twenty games, but he was limping yeah. out there yeah. and they're firing every guy in the world at him and now the that's the question. Once you know that this guy is so good, you're just gonna take the ball out of his hands for the next twenty right, games. Right. So hopefully he can keep it up. Uh, and even Herb Jones, it was nice to see someone, a, a great defender in Herb Jones, realize he wants to go left every single time. And Herb got the, you know, bang bang charge call at the end of that game uh, with, of course, SGA going left, and he slid in left again, in charge. Was it a, a block? It's a, it's the classic, uh, you know, you can go either way with it, but he, he obviously read the scouting report, man. He wants to go left every single time, and he has all season long, scoring 31 a game. It's been wild, so we'll see if uh, the Thunder record is, like, strong enough to for him to, to get an all-star selection. I think he'd be a reserve selection instantaneously if there's an injury, but, like, that first 12 uh, in the West, I don't know if they're one of the worst teams. It'll be difficult with all the great guards, but I think he should be there. Any yeah. other thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, a lot of good guards out there. The, uh, so a surprising thing about to me about Shea Gilgis-Alexander is that he there was a clip that went around recently of him ranking, like, his best players of all time. Mm. 
Kobe LeBron Jordan. <laughs> he said Kobe was Michael Jordan on steroids, which is crazy because when you look at the stats, Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, there have only been five guards ever to average 30 points per game and take three or fewer three-pointer attempts per game. It's Shea, Allen Iverson, George Jordan. Gervin, World Be Free, and you guessed it, Michael Jordan, like a thousand <laughs> times. You're playing exactly like Michael Jordan, blocking shots like Michael Jordan as well. You should probably put him a little higher on your list, buddy. He's too young, man. He's, He's too young. 24 he years old. Young. Kobe is his Jordan. That's what it is. Uh, all right, let's go to the final division here. The Memphis Grizzlies in the Southwest. Trey, what surprised you? Something that really surprised me about the Grizzlies, we did this uh, YouTube short the other day about the Grizzlies dance, <laughs> the, yeah. the Memphis walk dance. I was surprised to hear that Antonio Brown invented this dance. <laughs> Football player Antonio Brown. I, I Not a big fan of the guy. Still a surprise to me yeah. that he was the guy that did it. <laughs> so that's cool for them. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I will say about the Grizzlies, I'm surprised how little we talk about the Grizzlies. It seemed like every year or every every weekend last season we would come back, Ja or the Grizzlies would be a winner of the weekend. Yeah. We talked about these guys all the time. They're having a pretty decent season, 12-8 and eight so far. They just haven't really caught fire yet. We've had definitely some John Morant highlights. He's had some big games. But I think it's the fact that first Jaron Jackson Jr. was missing time with injury. Now Desmond Bain is missing time with injury. So they feel very unformed right now. But they're playing well. Jaws having a great season. They just rarely come up right now. Yep. I think the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans are all in that exact same boat. Like, yeah. they're playing really well. But we don't talk about them a whole lot. But... You know, they obviously have star guys across yeah. all three of those teams, be it Jokic and Murray and obviously John Morant with the Grizzlies and Zion and Brandon Ingram when healthy and McCollum even. But yeah, we just like, they've just been, they've just, they're sort of just like meeting expectations right now. Personally. Yeah. Not exceeding yeah, yeah. them, not, not, you know, not coming up short, but they're just right there. But I think of either of those three teams, like all three of them, two of them, they're going to have a run where because they're fully healthy or whatever, like, they'll they'll rip off a 9 out of 10, and then I think they'll be at the top of everybody's, uh, you know, they'll go up power rankings, and we'll be talking about them a lot more. But that's a good point about the Grizzlies. Yeah. They won so many games last year that the, it's just not as much of a storyline. They've obviously been injured, and that's hurt the win total, with Desmond Bain being out and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, coming back. And they're super young. They're slow playing this thing forever. Like they are one of the youngest teams in the NBA. They're not going for it. They're not. They're not trading a lot of big parts. So they're they've got uh, that long term view to win. You know, down the road and have a, a dynasty, a dynastic team that hopefully invents an even better dance because that's the lowest bar for the for the term <laughs> dance. I mean, that's just finger, that a dance? finger pointing. <laughs> I guess they a, are moving. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a dance. But that's like, there's nothing. There's nothing. Is it that much different than the Macarena, really? When you think about it, I mean, I know there's a couple more steps. You to move. It. Well, you don't really. You turn 360 <laughs> degrees. Well, they're da- they're well, moving forward. <laughs> forward <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Just forward. Yeah. It's called walking. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the only other note about the Grizzlies: uh, Dylan Brooks is uh, finally trying to reduce taking 30 shots a game or 20 shots a game. He's like over his last two games, he's dialed it back a little bit. I think he's like the perfect. He should be between like 14, 15, whatever attempts per game, and he's playing well. He's hitting half of them over the last two, including three pointers. He hit seven threes over the last two games combined, and in both of those victories, where they crushed the Pelicans and then they held on to uh, 
to beat the Knicks. He's in, Dylan Brooks is like I know we make fun of him a lot, and he's got the most punchable face in the league. Mm-hmm. But like, he is important to their success. He like, is. he's a great defensive player. He's a pest. And then yeah, you'd like to have a, the ability of a, a three and D type guy like that to hit some threes. And he's he's you know rounding into form, I think, a little bit. <laughs> and I love that if there's a game when both Ja and uh, Desmond Bain are gonna miss time. He is not being judicious with his shot selection then. The 30-shot game against, against the, the Nets, Nets, that yeah. was that was sick. That was perfect. <laughs> I kind of feel like... He scored 31, didn't he? Yeah, 31 points on 30 shots. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is cool. I think that... It's just funny to me that he's like, fine, I'm shooting every time. And I also think we talked about this a little earlier. Julius Randle shot the ball a ton on his birthday. I think if it's your birthday... You should shoot the ball the most on the team. Yeah, okay. That's a good rule. <laughs> should be an unwritten rule in the NBA. That's <laughs> his birthday. Let him shoot. I like it. Let it rip. Uh, let's go to the Pelicans. I think the biggest surprise about the Pelicans' 12-8 and 8 start is that it is the franchise's best start since 2010-11. Nooch? That's wild. Nooch. I don't is know if Nooch was on that team. But that was the year Monty Williams was the coach. They started 11-1 and 1 that year, and they were 13-7. and 7. After 20 games, so they're 12 and 8. You know, pretty similar. I went and checked every other season. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how I had to keep clicking previous season, previous season, previous season on Basketball Reference to find a better or comparable start to their 12 and 8 start this year. Isn't that wild? 2010, 11. That's a long time ago. We're talking Chris Paul, Marco Bellinelli, Trevor Ariza, David West, Oak. You had Jared Jack. You had Jason Smith, and look at this. Who was coming off the bench for that 2010-11 team? Willie Green, baby. Full circle up in here in the Classic Factory. That's nuts. So despite the injuries to this team that I just talked about, Willie Green has the Pelicans playing on both sides of the ball. Um, Top sixth, I believe, in offensive and defensive rating, at least last night when I checked. So that's really, really good. You're a damn good team when you're like, you know, the, the borderline top five on both sides. And that's awesome with guys in and out of the lineup. And it's amazing. Because of that, they had nine guys averaging over 20 points per game played. Because of, you know, Ingram's out, and then McCollum's out, and Zion has missed time. So, good stuff. 12-8. and eight. I know we talked about them a little bit yesterday, and there's a little more love to the Pelicans. Did you just give Emeka Okafor the short name treatment? Is that what no, Oak? No, I didn't. Who's Oak? That. Well, Emeka Okafor. You yeah. call, yeah, you're call, you're just, you, know, you can just throw he, Oak out there for Emeka Okafor and to know who he is. Uh, they started next... thirteen and seven in twenty ten eleven. They lost in the first round to probably the Spurs, Lakers. I don't know. They made it. I know. Uh, I had a Lakers. nice flashback. Lakers. Nice flashback to those blue jerseys, those bright blue tealy jerseys. <laughs> yeah, tealy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to call them, but I guess they're teal. Anyways, I like those. Willie they're, Green, they're though. How about that? That's crazy. How he about... was playing too. How about this? This is how good uh, Zion Williamson's first 100 games have been. Another Michael Jordan shout-out. One more. Zion Williamson's 2,524 points are the most by a player through 100 career games, through his first 100 career games since Jordan. 2,721 through his first 100 games. The most in the first 100 games since MJ. Huh. LeBron didn't do it, eh? It's a little wild. Nope. Not Luka didn't do it. Yeah, Luka. Luka would be the big one. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. They've just been spread over three, yeah, uh, yeah. many years. Zion Williamson has so been playing Michael Jordan's? since So were Michael Jordan's. The only time he missed time is second yeah, season in the yeah. league. Uh, so that's the secret. That's <laughs> the secret. Yeah. Got to skip that second season. Exactly right. <laughs> All right, Dallas Mavericks, back to you, Trey. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, to me, the biggest surprise is that Luka Doncic is one of the best post players in the league. Currently second in the league in post points per game, fourth in post-ups. 
post-ups are out of favor right now. Uh, Kirk Goldsberry had a graphic not too long ago explaining that this is the lowest rate of post-ups that we've seen in the NBA in a decade. Surely a decade prior to that, people were posting up all the time. It's all the people knew how to do back then. <laughs> yes. Just got to post up, start at half court, just back them on down. But Luca's doing it because you mentioned it, Tass. The guy's huge, 6'8", a muscly underneath uh, the uh-huh. rest of the body kind of guy. And he's obviously drawn a lot of smaller guys on double teams and, and switches, but it's not all small guys. Like, he hits his bull bull on him, seven foot two, does not matter. I'll just walk him underneath the basket. He's got a couple of moves down there. He'll hit you with the spin to the baseline. Guaranteed that's his go-to move. But if you go for that one, you're going to block that one off. He'll hit you with the Dirk step back. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to see Luca right now playing incredibly well. And they operate him so much the same way that Dirk Nowitzki did. Obviously, Luca's handling the ball a lot more. But he's getting a ton of touches like in the mid-post area where Dirk went to work. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see, you know, uh, five seasons after Dirk retired or whatever it is that the guy we thought would take the reins from Dirk as the next Dallas Maverick superstar has done it. And he's doing it similarly uh, to Dirk, at least in this aspect. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing uh, more edits where they're shooting it from the mid range together? Like, you know, fade from Luca to Dirk. Oh. You know, I, maybe it is happening and I'm just not saying <laughs> it. Uh, you know, fade from SGA to ASG. Did we do that or did was that just in my head? Like All Star game. <laughs> oh, I SGA don't remember to doing a, that. No. SGA and I've then it goes it. into like the, yeah. that 70s show thing or whatever. Yeah. And transforms to ASG. I think it's, yeah. It's I was trying set. to push uh, like the AS, uh, SGA for ASG. I mean, I've been saying that for a couple of years or I've been trying to get them to the game. And then somebody came back at me on Twitter and said, nah, it should be. SGA two ASG because that's his number. It is. I was like, that's damn, good. that's nice. That's good. That's better. I like Still that. works. You know, four in the selection, but two the All Star game. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Hashtag get it going trending right now. <laughs> Hashtag SGA two, the number two uh, ASG. Uh, with Luca too, his usage percentage it's like dipped a little bit, thirty eight percent, which is insanely high. I mean, 38% of the possessions like really go operating through him. What's wild is Giannis is even higher yeah. at, at 39.4 right now. I, I assume that will drop too, especially once Middleton comes back. But uh, both of those guys, and Bede's right on their on their heels as well, 37.7. Wow. Just give it to your best player. <laughs> Just let <laughs> him shoot every time. Turns out it sort of, it, it can work. But, you know, can it wear them down? We'll see. Uh, Spurs, Tess, what do you got? Give it to your best player. Who is the best player on the San Antonio Spurs? That's the that's the question. I, it's what surprised me is that it's it's kind of hard to tell with these bad teams who's going to be an NBA player for a long time. Who's going to have a great career? And and they have one of the youngest teams in the NBA. They're starting a twenty year old, a couple twenty twos, a twenty three, an old man Yaka Pertle at twenty seven. <laughs> so if if you look at this team and you watch them, can you see a, a guy that's going to be a fifteen year? career type of player and Devin Vassell at shooting guard I think is and he is sort of flying out of the radar he's scoring 20 points per game and yeah points have to be scored even on bad teams uh, but he's flying out of the radar this is year three for him he's a shooting guard that's what he is he's a pure shooter but he hadn't found his shot until this year really he was 35 and 36 percent from three and now he's shooting 42 percent from three that's incredible and that's what they draft him for at number 11. He's taken seven threes a game. He's a starter averaging yeah, that 20-point-per-game number. He's kind of flying out of the radar to me. So I believe in, in him, and I'm not going to make this one long because it is the Spurs, and I and it's kind of hard to tell. 
uh, what they're going to do with this team. Mm-hmm. Just keep on being bad because they're the, the baddiest of the bads right now. They're you know 29th in offense, 29th in defense, uh, which is kind of surprising for you know, a team that should be athletic and a team with Jakob Pertl, uh, who, again, is old. But if you watch them, he is also a really smart basketball player, solid at 13 and 10, three and a half assists. Big, that's a big number and good percentages other than the free throw line, which you can go, you can go hack a yak if you want to, if you're that type of crazy, but uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to trade Jakob Hurdle? Are they going to trade Doug McDermott? Who's even older than Jakob Hurdle? They're going to trade Josh Richardson. Who's also, you know, around 30. Those are the guys that could be traded if mm-hmm. they want to go even, you know, further. And they never used to make mid season trades, um, but they do now. And so if they want to go further into that, that either the Wembenyama sweepstakes or just being young, I think it would make sense. Maybe not Pirtle because he's just good and you need some old guys. But, uh, yeah, I think Devin Vassell has kind of flown under the radar. He's a really good player. Uh, Final team here in the Western Conference. Uh, I've got two surprises when it comes to the Houston Rockets. One, sort of similar to what you're talking about with the Spurs, I'm surprised Eric Gordon is still on this team. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's 34 years old. He makes $20 million per season, though next year's not fully guaranteed. He has spent seven seasons, though, in Houston, Aaron Gordon. That caught me by surprise. He is the last holdover from the James Harden, you know, Mike D'Antoni Rockets era. He still starts. (laughs) He still plays 30 minutes per game. Like, I get it. I get the idea of, like, you're a young, young team, and it's nice to have an adult in the room. Uh, And he seems content with it, if we're being honest. I know there were at least some quotes from uh, Eric Gordon, I think, in the uh, offseason about still sticking there, and he's fine with it. But he is averaging a career low 12.9 points per game. In his shooting splits, they're fine. They're 45, 37, and 88. But you just... You can't tell me that Eric Gordon couldn't be used uh, in a better role on a team with like more like playoff aspirations, championship aspirations, whatever, as sort of like a, a seventh or eighth man, right? And, you know, look, the Lakers, they, they want to try and just make the playoffs. It makes sense there because they need shooting. I feel like the Mavericks, they either got to hope their guys just start hitting shots or maybe you make a move and try and get another shooter in there. Could you get Eric Gordon? The Knicks, too, are a brutal three-point shooting team despite hitting a million last night against Pistons I mean I don't know what that deal is it's like Evan Fournier and I guess obviously some draft capital but then it's like really is that a is that a that big of an upgrade Eric Gordon to over Evan Fournier I don't know but I'm just surprised he's still there and I think he will be moved at some point but the other surprise with the Rockets is that they are the most enjoyable bad team to watch in the league I think personally of all the teams with seven wins or less I find Houston uh, the most fun to fire up on League Pass. And I'm talking about, like, your Lakers and your Hornets and your Spurs and your Magic and your Pistons. The Rockets are super young. They make a ton of mistakes because they lead the league in turnovers. But it's a back-and-forth affair, and they just have a ton of athletes. So you're catching highlight after highlight. Jalen Green is a bucket. Shengun, he's in the sickle report. You know, he's fun, fun to watch, operating in the post, making plays. Kenyon Martin Jr., we've talked about a highlight machine. Leads the league in uh, highlights per second. Uh, I saw Kevin Pelton with that sad. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then Jabari Smith Jr., he's starting to find his groove too. He's like coming around here. He's averaging 15-8 and eight over his last six games. He's shooting 40% from deep. Kevin Porter Jr., he's a wild card. They're just fun. They don't win a lot of games, obviously, but they're in a lot of games, and uh, I think they're the best bad team to watch. So those are a couple surprising things. 
I'm always surprised by how watchable a Rockets game yeah. is. Yeah, you're like, you know, they're going to blow it at the end. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be an entertaining uh, watch as it goes down. So kind of perfect for the Rockets. And yeah, Shangun is awesome to watch. I saw uh, Kevin Porter Jr. said they call him Baby Joker. Yeah. Around yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of the Rockets. Yeah, sure. Play style is certainly similar. Shangun, not quite the passer that Jokic is. Obviously, nobody is, but man, he is uh, a load down there on the block. <laughs> mm. It was good to hear Shangun say that Jokic is his idol growing up. So that's fitting. That's, that's weird, though. I mean, Nikola Jokic that's... is pretty young. Yeah. How old is he? 25? 27? I mean, I, I, 27? I added the growing up part. I said, so it's, it's his just NBA, It's his current It's NBA his NBA. idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's his idol. Probably as a teen. Like, you know. <laughs> He's how old is Shengu? He's six, seven years younger than him, I guess. So he was growing seven, up as a yeah, teen. I guess so. He was growing yeah, up as sense. a teen. We all grow in our adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Sometimes we don't. And here we are. All right, there it is. All 15 teams, a surprise about each squad in the Western Conference. Uh, let us know your biggest surprises with all 15 of those, and we'll do the East tomorrow. We've got to take one more break. When we come back, pick them results and tweet in the night. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, back here in the Classic Factory. Just give me a quick sec. I'm trying to retweet everyone that has no dunks as the top podcast on Spotify this past year. The hashtag Spotify Wrapped has already dropped. It's not even December yet, and they're already wrapping up Spotify. A little early. A little <laughs> yeah. early. You don't know what I'm listening to in December. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All but uh, Crosby. we love to see it. Uh, so thank you to everybody that's sharing that. Uh, I generally see it on, uh, I guess, Twitter and Instagram where you can uh, – Share that you've listened to some 10,000 minutes of No Dunks this year. Isn't that wild? It's like a... Yeah. It's crazy. It's like uh, days, if not weeks. Trey's doing it now. 166 hours worth would be 10,000 minutes. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of us. That's too much (laughs) us, if I'm being honest. Sprinkle in a different that's podcast. A full, that's a full week. <laughs> 6.9 days of podcasting. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Continue to uh, share that on social media. We're trying to uh, reshare everybody that has us. At least number one. If we're like three or fourth, yeah. You know, no, it's not getting a retweet. From- <laughs> How about a like? Okay, that's toss fair. Toss a like. Toss a like. Sure, Got to sure. be number one for a retweet. Yeah. Standards. You know, like if we're that. coming yeah. under a windy or a low... We'll uh, like it, but we will not retweet it. Okay, yeah. how about this? That's too low. <laughs> Number one, uh, it could be any ranking on the top five, <laughs> yeah. but it's the only sports podcast on there. So number one oh, sports sure, podcast, sure, sure. but like you got an NPR one at number one. We'll I haven't seen it. I haven't seen many of those. I got to say though, that's very, that's very <laughs> rare. You calling our listeners uninformed? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're listening to us for ten thousand minutes out of here, yeah. 
Uh, right. Uh, Pick'em results from last night. We had the Warriors-Mavericks game. Uh, the Warriors were the favorites on the road by one and a half. Small line. I took them. Trey took them. We got the L. Tass took Dallas. And you are 7-11. and 11. Trey's 8-10. and 10. I'm 10-8. and eight. But it's the last night. So really, it's, it's coming down between you two here. Uh, could tie, I guess, for... For last place in November. I know it's not I, really a thing anymore. I thought we were doing the winner game. Yeah, I won! Woo! You did. We don't do anything with our pick and pass. No, we anymore. just make picks to see yeah, how much we, we know make... about basketball. Yeah. Right. Um, and and this is how much we know about basketball. Ten and eight, that's the best record. It's like five hundred. Turns out it's tough, man. Gambling is hard. <laughs> it's very don't difficult. Do it, man. Just don't do it. Don't Thir- do it. Thirteen yeah. games this evening. Too many games, right, Skeets? Too many games. You don't got to tell me. And Survivor. Yeah. And it's our pickup run, weekly pickup run, which I don't even think I'm making it out to tonight. You playing tonight? Not tonight. Jeez. I've got responsibilities, unfortunately, oh, tonight. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. Sucks. Dad responsibility? Fuck, i got to pick up my kid for basketball. <laughs> there you know? there you She's go. hooping. She's hooping right now. Balling. That's right. What's tonight's One game? other responsibility you could have is uh, creating a URL, I think would be appropriate. Does Skeets think there are too many NBA games tonight? Dot com, and then just your face. Do it. Somebody make that. Somebody make I'll that. I'll chime in every night. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> tonight. Yes. Tonight. Yes. Too 13. many games. Thirteen. Why did we only have three last night? Why do we only have one on Thursday? Anyway, what's tonight's game? Eminem. It's a tasty one. Eminem is on your Spotify rap to most listen to. <laughs> no sir. No. <laughs> Maybe a day after the Super Bowl was like one song. <laughs> mm. What about you? I did just see Eminem. Uh, I, I found myself watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like last week, I think it was, and he got inducted. And he okay. uh, he did a really weird thing. <laughs> Eminem's in the yeah, Rock and Roll already? Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's old, man. Um, and he, he, like, gave a... Sh- like, it was nice in theory what he did. Like, he gave a shout-out to, like, all the hip-hop artists that have inspired him. But he did it in alphabetical order and read it. <laughs> And it was, like, way too long. Like, it was, like, a hundred names. And again, like, nice. Like, a nice gesture. Because he was, like, he's saying, like, there should be way more hip-hop artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay uh, yeah. But it was, like, oh, it just went on and on and on and on and on and on. Anyway. Took him forever to get to the M's. <laughs> yeah. Which are the two teams tonight. <laughs> yeah. Eminem, Memphis, and Minnesota. Oh, yeah. There they are. You, you said gambling is tough and you shouldn't do it. I agree with that. Put your house on Minnesota covering this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 come on, come on! No cat, you watch. You would think, ah, oh, player little, bump. Sometimes there's a player bump. You watch, you watch. And, I feel confident about this one. And, and Memphis, uh, the reason why I, I think <laughs> there's a chance that Mem- Memphis plays tough is because this is their playoff rivalry. This wakes them up. If oh, you remember, right. Anthony Edwards a few weeks ago said, "Oh, we're gonna go play uh, Minnesota or Memphis now." confused by all these M's, uh, that <laughs> this is the game that riles us up. Who knows? You got a little Bob spaghetti on your shirt. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Trey is taking uh, Minnesota. No, he's taking Memphis, and we're taking Minnesota. This again. I know, it's confusing. Too many games, too many M teams. <laughs> I think, Good luck to I like I like Mini covering this tonight. I do, I do, I do. Okay, let's get I to forgot, Twitter. I right? forgot who I picked. You took, you took Minnesota. <laughs> I know. Anyways, let's okay. get to Tweet of the Night. Yeah, Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet. Uh. Okay, fun Tweet of the Night from our guy, Jason Gallagher. Uh, he was one of many people tweeting out a photo of Luka Doncic arriving to the arena last night in his suit and his kicks. And uh, Jason Gallagher had a funny caption to go with it. Luka looks like he's meeting some coworkers for happy hour. <laughs> 
And there were a lot of great responses. A lot of Luca looks like. Uh, this one was fun. He's about to open up a business checking account at Wells Fargo. <laughs> uh, Luca looks like he's ready to hit on Jen from accounting. And Luca look, looks like, it's tough to say, that's a tongue twister. Luca looks like Too he's ordering a vodka soda. Uh, DFB, <laughs> though, had a photo to go with his tweet. Luca looks like Vincent from Collateral. Wow. <laughs> There's some similarities to the suit. Uh, but our own Trey Kirby did him one better. Uh, Luca looks like he's going to host an NBA talk show in 2018. And uh, yeah, there he is. Just throw him into the mix. <laughs> and, and <no> <laughs> oh, and Vincent. We got them all. Yeah. So uh, I guess I, I am wearing a. I mean, really, Tass and I are wearing very similar um, suits to Luca, but you I got, got the, the no tie, tie. and yeah. the I got kicks. Jordan's, the James. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's pretty accurate. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. That's uh, that's great stuff there. It's a fun fun tweet when uh, people do the Luca looks like. We should throw that up on our Instagram. I'll do that. Later yeah, we'll today. put it on the gram. Yeah, yeah. There was a New York Times column recently about uh, what business casual dressing means now that people are returning to offices. And it's basically you just wear a light-colored button-down shirt, no tie, and a pair of dress pants. Look at Doncic. Business casual yeah, he's himself. Al- he's right almost there. overdressed yeah. there. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, That's showing up to the office. And then You're going to take off the jacket. Roll up the sleeves. Yeah, get yeah. to computing. Let's <laughs> get the computers putin. <laughs> get to computing, hitting on Jen and accounting, and then I'll see you later at uh, happy hour. All right. Fun, fun tweet. Uh, later tonight. Today. Tonight. JD, what do you want to call it? I guess tonight. Is this good? Yeah, tonight. <laughs> Realistically, it will be tonight. Realistically, tonight, Real. if you're on the East Coast, probably today, if you're a West Coast yeah. uh, viewer or listener, Matteo with "Is This Good?" It's Matteo JD special guest Jackie Tone. I don't know if yeah. you know who that is, but she's the host of the Best Leftovers Ever on Netflix, and she was Melrose on Glow, which you can also watch on Netflix. So, nice. an actress uh, going to be joining Matteo and JD to uh, debate the is this good topics do you, uh, do you know what's uh, on the docket JD can you tease us with one at least uh, yeah there's one that I had never heard of okay push gifts have you heard of this what's a push gift it's for women going into labor or something like pregnant women uh-huh. okay that's all I know about it Wow, I didn't yeah, know this was I've a genre. Yeah, I've never heard of this thing. A push gift. Like, give me, what would be an example of a push gift? I got Laura a pair of L.L. Bean Wicked Good slippers. Okay, so one things. one of our children. Okay, okay. Wow. Oh, interesting. A little comfort for her. <laughs> yeah. So it can be, is what, things like During labor? Like, it's to be used <laughs> during labor? She's opening it during labor? <laughs> no, I think she put them on after she got home. Okay. Yeah, you know, just yeah. uh, around the same time. So is it? What is the push? Is the push like pushing the baby out, or yes. like? Yeah. Pu- okay. Yeah. Because when you say when when it's called push gifts, I think it has to do with the actual labor part. Yeah, yeah. You know, not like the. Totally. Labor when do gift. when do you give the gift? Before labor, little... during labor, or after labor? <laughs> All of these questions no, will be asked gift. and answered. Having hopefully. a baby gift, Why Jackie. I don't know. Does Jackie have children? I'm not sure. I, I, you're gonna find I don't out. know. I have, I've, not yeah. that it doesn't matter. Give her opinion. But yeah. JD has them. I have kids. I've, again, I've never heard of push. I would put, the first thing that pops into my head is a stick, right, to bite down on, like yeah. Civil War style. <laughs> oh, you, you know. can get yeah. like some nice salad uh, tongs <laughs> that you could then use later after yeah, biting so down on the wooden tongue. Tongs. Or what? You know, what, what do you call that? Uh, the forceps or uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
No, I'm talking. Hold on. What are you talking? I'm talking about what like hauling that baby at a. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I was no, thinking no, no, like no. of a. I was thinking of a nice old wooden salad set. Oh yeah. One yeah. is like a fork spoon. <laughs> yeah. And what's the other one? I guess they're are they no, both. No, well, they're no, one's, one's a spoon and one's a fork. But when it, <laughs> like it's a sort sporky of sporky kind of fork. Yeah. Sporky. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sporky. they're usually a nice wood. So you could bite down on that, but then use it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's I was trying to do. That's a great idea. That. And you can use the bowl to catch the baby. Right? <laughs> sure. Why not? And then you can use the fork and spoon to cut the umbilical cord. Ooh. <laughs> doesn't have the doesn't have the knife part on it. Yeah. It's spiky. <laughs> spiky you a jab at it? That's not gonna work. You need a knife. I'll get you a knife set for your push gift. Yeah. <laughs> you just need a push gift. I need push a, knife push a good push gift is just something you put in your fist. You know, the old uh, meditation, relaxation scrunchers. Squeeze balls. Squeeze mm. balls. Yeah, that's a good All push right. gift. Is this good podcast coming later tonight slash today with special guest Jackie Tone? So uh, keep your eyes and ears out for that one. The YouTube to Is This Good is right here underneath our YouTube video. It's in the description. So go click on that. And then tomorrow, I already said this, biggest surprise for each Eastern Conference team at the quarter mark of the NBA season. Though there are 13 games on tonight too, maybe we can get, you know, smart and sort of sprinkle them into the answers. But then again, That's sometimes... That's a chunky show. <laughs> I mean, look how long this show was. I mean, yeah, I know. So rude. Can't add more games. Uh, and then Survivor's on tonight. We'll have No Buffs tomorrow as well, which has its own YouTube and podcast feed. Uh, only three No Buffs episodes remaining. Three or four. So go check that out if you're a Survivor fan. Let's call it there. Hey, can I share one more thing before we go? <laughs> yeah, man. So you know we were talking about bird <laughs> yeah. cams yesterday? Yeah. Oh, bird cams. This is wild. So yesterday, I get home. I'm bringing in the recycling and the garbage, so I'm taking it to the side of the house. And what is at my feet but a dead bird? <laughs> Very sad. A, a nice, cute little, I believe, a sparrow of some sort. Dead. Now, I think it hit a window and perished. Maybe a cat <laughs> dropped it there. I'm not sure. But, 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 the drive-in this morning, what did I see? A hawk. Sidewalk hawk. <laughs> we just talk about bird cams and hawks, stealing dogs and cats and stuff like that. And then I see a dead bird and a hawk within... within you know, 24 hours of talking about it. Love Freaky. seeing a, seeing Freaky, a hawk. Freaky, right? Do you think birds listen to uh, our podcast? Or are we going to get a lot of birds, Spotify wrapped uh, <laughs> responses? Anyway, that's a story time for me. Great. I love seeing a hawk. What do you do with a dead bird? I threw it in the garbage. Yep. I, I, hate, I hate doing that, but what else do you do with it? Um, the, the grossest thing at my house is our outside garbage can. Because it's got dead animals. Dead animals and dog poop. That's it. <laughs> and old bags. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of old bags. I bagged it bags. up. I bagged it up. Yeah. It's gross. Garbage bins. Gross. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Garbage. Uh, <laughs> Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember <laughs> Is This Good is not live. Not going live. Is this good? No, <laughs> not for us. No. no. no, no. Come on, Matteo. Come on, Matt. Come on, JD. Yeah. What's Try going on over there? What, what, what edits are happening? Uh, what topics are you leaving on the cutting room floor? There's nothing left on it. Well, it's what's it's going technical on? difficulties. It's mostly just adjusting the drift and the because there's three different locations. It's uh, hard yeah. to do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. too right. much. You're right. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Save yourselves, man. Save yourselves. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Embrace the day, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.